Hello and welcome to this week's podcast on religious education from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Palo Alto in California. I'm Dan Harper, Assistant Minister of Religious Education here. And I'm Joe Chi, a member of the Religious Education Committee and a teacher educator at Foothill College. In the last three podcasts, we talked about four major goals of our children's religious education program here at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Palo Alto. We've already talked about the goal of having more of our children grow up to want to be UU adults. We've talked about religious literacy. We've talked about teaching basic religious skills. So what's left, Dan? Well, what's left is our goal of building community and having fun. Tell me a little bit more about this goal. How do we measure this? How do we know if children are having fun at church? Well, this is a great place to start. Um, we have a really good way of measuring our success with this goal. We simply look at attendance records. We look at what percentage of our children come to church every week. Now, obviously, with today's complex family situations, with all the sports and other activities that children get involved in, we're not going to see every child come every week. But a minimum acceptable level is about 50% attendance. If we get up to around 70% attendance, we know that we are doing a great job of kids having fun and building community uh, with our kids. So we measure this simply by looking at the numbers? Well, anecdotal evidence is also really important at measuring our success. So I listen from for comments from parents and guardians. When I hear a parent say, well, I didn't want to come to church today, but my child absolutely <laughs> insisted, so here we are then I know we have something really good going on. We want children to come to church regularly. Does this mean we want Sunday school to look like a big party, a party that children won't want to miss? Well, that's not a bad analogy, but I guess I wouldn't say party. I'd say we want Sunday school to feel more like a good summer camp than it would feel like regular school. So summer camp can be an intensely satisfying experience. The best summer camps promote deep friendships and deep emotional engagements. And I'm particularly thinking of intergenerational summer camps, like some of the Unitarian Universalist summer camps I've been to. So I've been going to this Unitarian Universalist summer camp in Maine for more than a dozen years now, and I've watched kids in that camp grow up to become adults. And I only see these people once a year, but there's this deep sense of community, a deep sense of connectedness. And that's the kind of thing that I would hope for in our Sunday school. And, of course, a lot of learning can go on at summer camps. Yeah, it's not like a big party. It's more like an intentional community where you have fun, but where there's also a high purpose. Now, when I think of summer camps, I think of all those silly songs and games and rituals you hear about. Well, you know, that's actually exactly it. And the more we can introduce that kind of thing into Sunday school, the better. And ideally, I want every kid in Sunday school to know this whole bunch of silly songs I want them to have some favorite games that they really associate with church and with Sunday school. So here in the Palo Alto Church, we just put up a basketball hoop, and that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. It's really great to see seven-year-olds out there shooting hoops with teenagers. A lot of what we've been talking about here is having fun, but building community is another part of that part of this goal. Do you have any specific techniques for building community in a Sunday school group? Well, that's a good question. There are uh, tons of good models out there for building community. But the model that I like best comes from the book Building Community in Youth Groups by a man named Denny Rydberg. So Rydberg talks about five stages of building community. The most basic level is what he calls bonding. And I'm going to read you his definition of this stage out of the book. 
Bond-building strategies are problem-solving tasks that force young people to work together in an atmosphere that builds cohesiveness. That's how Rydberg defines it. So one of my favorite sources for this kind of activity comes from uh, Project Adventure. They have lots of great initiatives and group problem-solving activities. And, of course, Rydberg's book also has lots of good activities for this bonding stage. Now, the next stage, the second stage, is what Rydberg calls opening up. Rydberg says, uh, young people love to talk about themselves when they feel comfortable and accept it. When a group cares enough to listen intently to what every individual has to say, the group comes alive. A sense of unity surfaces, friendships develop, barriers break down. So that's Rydberg's description of this opening up stage. Now, every Sunday when I teach Sunday school, I like to have the kids do a check-in. We go around the circle, and each kid has a chance to say one good thing and one bad thing that has happened to them in the past week, while the rest of us listen without interrupting. If you do this right, you can get the group to this opening up stage, where they feel comfortable and accepted when they're talking about themselves. And of course, Rydberg's book has lots more opening up activities. Now, the third stage is affirming. This goes beyond opening up. At the affirming stage, the children learn how to express appreciation of each other. And so Rydberg's book goes on to describe two more stages, uh, stretching, and then the final fifth stage is deeper sharing and goal setting. But the affirming stage is about as high as I would expect a Sunday school group to get. The other two stages can wait until youth programming. I like that idea of an affirming stage. One of our core UU values is affirming the worth and dignity of each individual. Yes, and what's most important here is that this is taking place in a group setting. This isn't just you, Joe, affirming me, Dan, or vice versa. This is the whole group of the children affirming each member of the group. And it's a very powerful feeling. Now, why do you say that you don't expect Sunday school groups to go beyond affirming? Well, partly it's because younger children aren't at a developmental stage where they are ready to go beyond the affirming stage. In fact, if you look at preschoolers, I do not expect them to get beyond the bonding stage. (laughs) You know, it's like a real accomplishment to get a preschooler to the point where they can cooperate together on a project. On the other hand, when I've done Sunday school with teenagers, I do try to get them through the five stages. So a lot of this depends on the age of the kids in your group. Where can we find more activities to move groups through these stages of community building? Well, I like to start with Rydberg's book primarily to understand how he defines the five stages of community building. And we have a couple of copies of this book in the church library, and we also have a handout that summarizes the five stages. But one of the weaknesses of Rydberg's book is that he was aiming his book at youth groups, at groups of teenagers. So a lot of his activities just don't work with younger children. So I like the book called Win-Win Games for All Ages. This is a book by Josette and Ba Lovemore. So Win-Win Games has some of the same activities that appear in Denny Rydberg's book, but they're adapted for children. And you'll find suggested age ranges for each activity and each game. So you'll have to fit the games and activities into Rydberg's stages of community building yourself, but that's not too hard. So once the other thing is once you've worked with this model for building community, you begin to see how to adapt many activities and games uh, into the stages of community building to help build community in your group. When we talked about this earlier, 
You said something about integrating new children that I thought was very helpful. Right. When we were talking before we started recording, I said it's really important to remember that every time you get someone new in your group or someone uh, returns to your group who's been away for a while, you do have to start all over again with the first stage of community building, with that bonding stage. So I like to keep that in mind as a group leader. And every time a new child joins my Sunday school group, I try to think about how to get the whole group to that bonding stage and then work up from there. So when you do this, you find that it's much easier to welcome new children, to have them come into your class and be welcomed and find a place for themselves. And then I try to think ahead about how I'm going to get the group back up beyond the bonding stage to that opening up stage and to that affirming stage. So you see, I'm being very intentional about building community, about making sure that kids want to come back to Sunday school every week. And that's what this goal is really about, isn't it? The only way we, we can teach children is if they show up. So let's figure out a way to make sure that they love coming to Sunday school. Right, exactly. If we build community and have fun, kids are going to want to come. That's a quick introduction to our goal of community building. Now, using this model... How can we do a better job of fostering a sense of community among children and with children? That's it for this week's podcast on children's religious education at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Palo Alto. Thanks for listening. We welcome listeners' comments. Send us your thoughts and feedback by email or post a comment on our blog at paloaltocre.wordpress.com. I'm Dan Harper, Assistant Minister of Religious Education. And I'm Joe Chi, a member of the church's CRE committee and a teacher educator at Foothill College. Take care and be well.